The following opinions and ideas are that of the host and or contributors of the Eat This podcast and are for the purposes of general information and entertainment only and do not necessarily reflect the thoughts or ideas of the distributor. How many, um, how many vitamins are in my, uh, are in a jelly bean? Uh, I think you're like at a minus 10 there, my friend. You hear that? Yeah. That's is a, that what you got going on in there? A, that's a bowl of jelly beans. That's what that is. <laughs> I thought they were vitamins when I picked them up in the store. I swear. Really? Yep. Yeah. Where yeah. you in the in the jelly bean section? In the, <laughs> the jelly bean <laughs> section. They have a jelly bean section in the store. I've never seen that before. I'll have to check it out. <laughs> you clearly were in it to have them. <laughs> <laughs> Broadcasting from her closet high above the streets of Toronto, this is Eat This with Leanne. Here's your host, Leanne Phillipson. Unless you're living in a dark cave without sunlight and an undiagnosed situation of osteoporosis, because that's what would happen, you've likely heard of vitamin D and it's important for strong bones and teeth and more recently, the potential impact on improving your immunity. Of course, it's best known as the vitamin to prevent rickets in children and that often bowed leg photo that you see from these kids that are growing up maybe in third world countries or maybe in the Western world too. But some of these places, they've got loads of sunshine and there's that tie in between sunshine and vitamin D. So like, what is up with that? There's a lag often between what's functional medicine doctors, naturopaths, chiropractors, nutritionists like myself, who all learn and know a health concept. And then it just takes so much time to get into mainstream headlines for really the rest of the world to know about. And vitamin D is absolutely one of those. In the late 90s, when I was studying nutrition, the importance of vitamin D was talked about in class, but that was kind of as far as it went. Sure, like rickets, like I said, was the number one health issue when you talked about if you don't have enough vitamin D or if you're not exposed to it. Maybe that came up if you sat in a doctor's office, but otherwise it wasn't really talked about. Fast forward over 20 years, and while most still don't know that vitamin D3, the most absorbable form of vitamin D, called cholecalciferol, you likely have a bottle of pills or some drops, or maybe even my take this uh, sunshine D3 and K2 in your vitamin drawer. So it is much more popular than it used to be. Now is vitamin D a vitamin or a hormone? That's a question that's a little bit like, uh, is it a bird or is it a plane in the opening line of Superman? Does it really matter? Do you really care to know? Because if it's gonna help your depression, your brittle bones, your weak teeth, your hair loss, your wrinkles, or your static weight loss, then no, you're not gonna care because it doesn't really matter with any potential of this vitamin or hormone saving the day, as in your health. Well, what does it matter what it's called? If it's gonna do the job, then awesome, let's talk about it. We get most of our vitamin D from the sun's UVB rays hitting our skin. 
and that's when it's out in the sky and you're maybe more scantily clothed so that you get some more skin exposure and live at the right latitude all year around. And then what your body has to do is convert it to a usable form that then your body puts into its cells. Anyone with pigment in their skin, dark or black skin, are even more likely to be deficient because their skin filters out this sunlight. There's a lot of talk also about the black population being more susceptible to COVID-19 and all the nastiness that it brings. Could that have anything to do with your vitamin D status? Knowing that, well, that's something that's certainly worth more study. Continuing research shows that vitamin D has some best friends, or more accurately, essential co-workers, as in vitamin K2 and calcium, and its other fat-soluble friends, vitamin A. With vitamin D deficiency being ridiculously widespread, and if you want to know if you're in that category of being deficient, you have to have a test. You got to ask your doctor and pay money to find out. And there are people that are out there that don't even know where their vitamin D status is at. With deficiency that's associated with cancer, cardiovascular disease, brittle bone disease, cause osteoporosis, is a vitamin like this kind of pixie dust for everything? And where does this K2 that I'm talking about? No, it's not some summit that you wanna climb. What is it? Is this some new buzzword in the in the vitamin realm? I know that you need to know more because, you know, you're here and you're listening in. So today on Eat This with Leanne, a deep dive into vitamin D3 and its partners in health. You had me at uh, hair loss. <laughs> as soon as you brought up, as soon as you brought up hair loss, my, hair loss. my, my ears perked up. Oh, oh, yep. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't care about the osteoporosis. Exactly. I don't care about the osteoporosis. Nope. I don't you can't care see about it. The rickets, which I thought was a game uh, only played by South American countries. <laughs> yes, yeah, called uh, cricket. Oh, sorry, cricket. Donut. Nope, nope, that's wrong. Yeah, no, uh, but exactly. the, the hair loss thing, man, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Okay, is that why you wear a hat all the time these days? Uh, maybe. You you you've you you you've shaved down your beard a little bit. I noticed. Yes, yeah. Well, I got so much hair up here right now, like it's literally yes. giving me headaches. But I refuse uh-huh. to go and and stand in line to get a haircut. Of course, at least not outside. Yes. But they won't let us inside to sit. But I won't. Oh. I won't stand outside. Okay. Uh, and 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 wait. When I was young, yes. I would wait hours for a a, a, a horrible. You know Disney movie, you know because the Uptown yes. Theater in Orangeville, we we used to have to line up outside. Okay. But uh, but now I won't wait for a haircut. <laughs> I won't wait for much to be honest. <laughs> I uh, I see a lineup and I'm like, yeah, no, <laughs> straight out again. It's not. It's really not worth it. Even a haircut, I would probably say too. Yep. Well, that's fascinating information. Boring. Okay, so there's a lot to dig into with vitamin D. And as neither you nor I have a whole week to talk and listen, I'm going to focus on what I've seen of late with clients and family and keep it as a light and useful science-ish kind of lesson. So many people have vitamin D pills or drops at home, but they're not taking enough and they don't know why they need it. And I believe this has to change. Well, you know. That's me because I'm the one, I'm the nutritionist sitting here talking to you guys. (laughs) Um, I'm going to run through some of the basics and the reasons why you may not have enough. Some things that you don't know about vitamin D, the best friends or BFFs, as I call them, to vitamin D3 and the foods that you can get it from and what I recommend for my clients, my family, and also my friends. So first, vitamin D along with A, 
E and K, they're all called fat-soluble vitamins. That basically means that unlike the B vitamins and the vitamin C that you take, your body uses it, and then you pee it out if you don't need them, with fat-soluble, your body actually stores them in your cells and your tissues. So for instance, maybe you take it one day and the vitamin D goes in. You take it for two days, the vitamin D also goes in. And then you forget on the third day, your body uses what it's stored from the past two days when you actually remember to take it. And you're not all of a sudden deficient just because you totally forgot. Now, if you take too much, that can be a problem. But truthfully, the situation of vitamin D toxicity is really, really rare. And I'll come on come more onto that after. Deficiency is far more of an issue. Another issue is have you maxed out on your D's absorption? Sure, you're actually taking the pills, but is it actually getting into what's called the receptor sites or the parking spots? Possibly, possibly not. More on that to come. Did you know that you could have a blood test to see your levels and confirm deficiency? It's a specific ask and added to the usual blood panel that you might have. So it's worth a mention. My youngest daughter actually recently had a test that showed that she was low in vitamin D. Now, we've had some issues of late, and even when I was talking to the doctor, I had to specifically ask for the test and pay for it. And I'm so glad that I did because she's deficient. Now, this kid has got some broken bones, has had in the past since she was actually even 18 months. She's super active and has done all the things, broken her toe on the balance beam in gymnastics, fell out of the treehouse, all of those kind of things. But she's also had numerous cavities and so many issues with her baby teeth. And now, fast forward to teenage years, is having some mental health challenges. Now, I'm going to, at some point, do a genetic test for her to figure out what this could all be about as we talked about the genetic component in episode 41 where we learned that some people just don't absorb vitamin D very well in all forms. So anyway, she's deficient and now taking 10,000 IUs per day. And if it doesn't improve with my supplement, the liposome spray, uh, Sunshine D3K2, then genetic testing is definitely next. Now, a liposome spray is the closest thing that we can get to having it go into our bodies, like say through an IV. So if it's not going in, if you yourself, my loyal listener, thinks, oh, I don't know if my vitamin D status has changed, some more digging is required. And maybe next step is to look into that genetic piece. A recent article that I read uh, called out the link between the microbiome and the absorption and really the activation of vitamin D. Now, you know that I love talking about the gut and the microbiome is of particular interest to me. In a nutshell, if you haven't listened to any of the other episodes about gut health, then basically it means that the healthier the bugs are in your belly, the more beneficial bacteria that you have in your belly, the better the absorption of vitamin D. Or that's the hypothesis that they're starting to look at anyway. So does that mean that you need to take a probiotic if you're, if you're not right now? Oh, well, I'd say a strong hell yes, because we know the impact of probiotics on mental health, immunity, digestion, vitamin absorption, and really overall health. So I'm going to say that it's a win-win as far as I'm concerned. 
Now, the desirable range for your blood test is somewhere between 50 and 100 NG per milligram. You'll get these numbers back when you have your test done and your doctor will say, you know, you're, you're deficient, you're low. But I always suggest that you, you actually ask, what are the numbers? Can you please tell me what are the numbers are? Because even if this range between 50 and 100, let's say that you're somewhere closer to, you know, you're like 55, well, there's a lot of room for improvement right there because that's a really broad number. And at that point, you would probably need to double or maybe maybe even quadruple your dose for about a month or even more and then go and test again. The only way that you can tell really is to go and have a test. It's a little bit like iron in that way. I have a friend who has taken 20,000 IUs a day for months and months, and her blood test showed that she was way over. Two months later, without taking any at all, it's starting to come down. She didn't actually have any toxicity symptoms, which tend to look more like diarrhea, gut issues, maybe something in the realm of too much calcium in your body, which would show up as stones and, and all sorts of other things, but nothing showed up like that. And she's actually watching to see how quick her body uses it. Now, she also lives in California and is exposed to sunshine regularly without a hat, a scarf, and full body covered <laughs> like we do in the wintertime. So it's a different situation. Vitamin D is needed to absorb calcium for your bones and your teeth. Well, really all of you, but those are the key ones that we mostly know about. This comes down to the parathyroid glands that work minute to minute to balance the calcium in the blood for pH balance of the whole of your body. And it does this by communicating with the kidneys, with your gut, and then all of your bones, all your skeleton, everything that's in there. When there is sufficient calcium in the diet and sufficient active vitamin D, which may come down to your gut again, Dietary calcium, well, it's absorbed and put to good use throughout the whole of the body. If intake of calcium is insufficient or your vitamin D is low, the parathyroid glands say, whoa, I don't have enough. So they will borrow calcium from your skeleton, from your bones, in order to keep the blood calcium in the normal range. Now, this is kind of the sciencey bit, but this is the ultimate pH balance dance and speaks far, far more to is your body alkaline or is it more acidic? Your body's number one job, as well as a bunch of other things, but ranks up there is to keep your body at a specific pH. And that's where this dance of calcium in, calcium out comes from. If you have a super acidic diet, your body's going to pull more calcium out of your bones. And that's how it goes. It's honestly, a just that could be another deep dive in a whole other wow. episode and show. Yeah, take a deep breath and let that one out. For the, for the geeks out there, you just absorb that. For everybody else, like Chris, I'm looking at my screen. It's like, oh, whoa. Okay. That, so, was, that was too heavy. So that's, well, that's <laughs> nice of you to say that I'm not a geek. Uh, but I'm geeky on other things, trust me. If we got into you a, are. a conversation I know you are. on Star Wars, then I'd be right there. Um, exactly. But if you, you start talking about pH balance, yeah, I thought that only had to do with the hair. I had no oh, idea right? that, it, that the rest of the body dealt with pH issues. Yep. That's yep. that's it's crazy. Huge. Well, it's it, it huge. Is, it is it's it's huge. actually it's actually life and death. So if so, if if your body is borrowing from your bones, the calcium yep. from your bones on a consistent basis, yep. does that lead to osteoporosis? Absolutely. Wow. 
Olympics, the yep. mic drop, head explode. Like that's yep. interesting. That's so it is in your best interest to understand yep. where your pH balance is and to see. Yes. And, and I guess vitamin D ha- plays a part when it comes to the calcium side of things or just the bone health. I mean, how, how does, where's that correlation? Where's that connection? Great, great question. Okay, so because that's what we're talking let, about, vitamin D. Right? Let's let's say yeah. Let's say that you're acidic. Your body's acidic okay. because you're eating like the carnivore diet, for instance. Like that would be the ultimate acidic diet. Hello. Okay, I'm just I'm just taking it right the way as far over to the so, left, whatever, whatever so way you want to talk about. What you're saying is I shouldn't wrap uh, my cereal in bacon. Is that what you're saying? I should. Just well, a carnivore diet would not be eating eating the damn cereal, my friend. You'd be eating, you'd be wrapping the steak in bacon. That's what you would be doing on the carnivore That's diet. That's a great idea. Okay. Let me write that down. Leanne says to wrap the steak in bacon. In the bacon, exactly. Okay, so let's say that you are have the most acidic diet, which would not only be the carnivore diet. Okay. It would be that you ate nothing like you know chips and chocolate and ice cream, drank coffee all day long. Okay. Right? Did I just call out most people's diets? Probably, actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, because at that point you're actually not really giving your body the calcium and the nutrients and the, and the D that it needs. So the blood, the body in its wisdom and the parathyroid uh, glands will help to balance that out because your blood cannot get too far out of the, the accurate pH. I want to say it's 7.4 and anyone can correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I'm going from memory. If it's out of 7.4, because you're just every single day eating this very acidic diet, then the body will say, I've got to balance. Like it honestly is life or death, where if you get too far out of, you know, you get into acidosis, it's a big problem. So the body will pull on the calcium out of your bones. So what the reason why you want to not only have some calcium in your diet, obviously, but the D also and K2 helps to put it back in. So the parathyroid would take it out to balance that pH, but then we need it again to put it all back in again, because it's not, it's not like this is, uh, is going to be this way forever. You can correct it. You can correct the osteoporosis, but you have to have the right nutrients and cofactors to make it. And then you also have to make adjustments to your diet. So you're not eating acidic foods all the time. And there's also all sorts of other situations, kidney disease and, and all sorts of others that I can't you know, pull out of my brain that fast to say that this is all that that also can have an impact on the pH of your blood, essentially, is what we're trying to maintain. OK, well, OK. There you go. More science. <laughs> Here's the great thing about a podcast is that if you if you lost any of that, is yes. that you just hit rewind, right? That's it. And That's right. You go That's right. Back. Go back, go yeah. back, go back, go back. Didn't quite land for me, so I'll just hear it again, and then maybe it might. If not, let us know, because I can, you know, really just do a whole episode on really what is the acid-alkaline balance, because it's just not about having lemon in your water. It's really not. There's so much more to it because that's what people say. Or they think, oh, I've got acidity. It's in my stomach. Okay, well, that's a different type of acidity. This is like the ultimate pH balance. All right? All right. Now, this one will get your attention too because research shows that a lack of vitamin D in your body can lead to hair loss. (laughs) One roll of vitamin D. Hey, 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 don't look at me. I'm not. You've got a hat on. I can't even see what's under there. (laughs) 
<laughs> I never, I never see. I only see what's on your face. Well, if, I, if, I, if I did, there'd be a glare and we don't want that. That'll just distract you. <laughs> yep. So one of the roles of vitamin D is it plays in stimulating new and old hair follicles. So when there's not enough vitamin D in your system, the new hair growth can be stunted. So that's one for both men and women because it affects us both at different times in our lives. All right, let's move on to vitamin D3's BFFs. Now, K2 is the first one to talk about here, as these two really do have a perfectly synergistic relationship. Vitamin D and K2 ensure that calcium is absorbed and actually reaches your bones and not land in your arteries, causing a blockage like a Friday night highway traffic jam heading out of the city trying to get to the cottage in the summertime. Here, K2 takes care of both bones and your heart. K2 on its own, it's probably known a little bit more for regulating normal blood clotting. K1 comes in there to, into that too, whilst vitamin D3 supports your healthy immune system and supports also your muscle function. Now I'm saying K2 because that's the one that has more importance here, but there's also a K1 that comes from green leafy vegetables. K2 that's mainly found in grass-fed meat and dairy products. Oh, and remember when I talked about the microbiome and the good bugs in your belly? Well, K2 is produced in the belly by lactic acid bacteria in the gut, in your intestines, so that we can actually make it ourselves to a certain extent, but your gut, it's gotta have enough of the good bugs, good bugs in it to do it. Now together, K2 and D3 work hand in hand and really do make the situation of detoxicity even lower. The fact that the toxicity of vitamin D is almost all from D2, the least favorable form of vitamin D, means that you gotta make sure that whatever you're taking is D3. Now I read in the book, Vitamin D2 and the Calcium Paradox, written by naturopathic Dr. Kate Broom-Blue, that wrinkles on the skin can be an indicator for osteoporosis. Huh, huh. that's something new that I learned, right? Yeah. So in a roundabout way, K2 can help osteoporosis because it works alongside vitamin D3 to get the calcium into the bones, and therefore, it can help you to look younger. So I think we might have just found the fountain of youth, Chris. How cool is that? <laughs> well, then we might as well just quit. Because there we go. At this point, nobody's paying attention. Everyone's running out to grab uh, That's right. vitamin D and the K2. That's it. We're done. <laughs> Seriously, between the hair and the wrinkles, we've, we've got it. Wonder, we've got it all going on. I wonder what the correlation is there. It, it, I mean, I thought wrinkles had everything to do with the elasticity of the skin. Mm. So she actually said that there's data about what causes skin to sag, and it shows that K2 plays a major role in maintaining a smooth and supple complexion. Huh. Okay. Right? So I think it's just what's happening on the inside always shows on the outside. Right. Right? If you've, yep. if you've, got, if you've got acne, your liver's not keeping up. Your kidneys are overtaxed. Your bowels are backing up. Like all those things that we talked about in the drainage episode, which everybody honestly is absolutely loving. So if you haven't heard that one, I can't think of the number right now, but that's a great one to go back to if, you, if you're just jumping into this episode here. Well, if I'm this beautiful on the outside, I must be gorgeous on the inside. I know, right? Yep, you got nothing you got nothing to worry about. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. <laughs> 
that's it right there we can just we can all go home chris is gorgeous he's doing all the right things the ice cream the pint of ice cream that he has at nighttime oh no it's only helping his wrinkles there it's, we go because he's buying grass-fed so he's got the k2 in there right it's there all about maintaining it's all about maintaining what you see now that's it that's you know what uh, you you just hit the nail right on the head, my friend, because that's pretty much what it is. All right. All right. So if if this vitamin K situation interests you, I highly recommend her book because she really goes into how K2 is actually not recycled in the body. She goes into so much of this. It's just quite mind blowing. This would be a whole other episode. So really, she believes that K2 should be deemed as essential. Really fascinating stuff. All right, so where do you get this vitamin D3 from anyway in foods? How can you put it on your plate? Now, food sources of vitamin T, vitamin D2 tend to be more mushrooms, and man, you've got to eat a lot of them. Some dairy products, they're fortified with vitamin D, but it's the absorption is only going to happen if there's fat in there. Fat-soluble vitamins need fat to be present for it to move like the transit system that gets you to work in the morning. So speaking of fat, you'll also find D3 in fatty fish like salmon, tuna, herring, mackerel, and sardines, and fish liver oils like the cod liver oil that you might take in the morning. Smaller amounts are found in egg yolks because that's the fatty portion of the egg, sometimes in cheese, obviously, because it's it's dairy, and then also beef liver. So when was the last time that you ate liver? It's been a while. My mom used to cook it on a regular basis. She used to cook it okay. weekly, actually, in our household. Did and she? neither of my sisters would eat it. I was the only one that would stomach it. Was the, mm. And so we would have beef liver with yep. uh, fried onions. Yep. Uh, a can of cream corn. Whoa. Yeah. 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 And uh, mashed potatoes. And that was dinner. And I did it because I, my, my sisters and my father ate um, spaghetti and meatballs. And at the time I hated the consistency of noodles. I would not eat them. Oh, and so, fascinating. so mom's like, okay, well, I'll make you another meal, but it's going to be beef liver. And I'm like, you know what? I, I could care less. I, those noodles are disgusting. They're slimy. Okay. Yeah. I'll eat the liver. And it <laughs> wow. was the most, what's the word? Aromatic. Uh, yes. Yeah. I, I, I will it's never, I will never forget the taste of beef liver, yep. but it's been 30 years since I've eaten it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I think I might've been about 14 and, oh, you know what? Actually, no, I bought some not too, too long ago for probably a reason where I had to get more stuff into the girls right. and I grated it into spaghetti sauce. Whoa, whoa. You can, you can't grate beef liver. It, that, it, it, it was not easy, but I did it. But when I put it in the spaghetti sauce, because it wasn't like a piece of it, it actually tasted amazing. Really? And yeah, and like liver is is really not on any menu that I create, and probably much like you. Well, actually, you, it sounds like you've had a better um, a better <laughs> relationship with the liver because you swapped it for that. But yeah. the memories memories that I have of my mother cooking it to shoe leather perfection. <laughs> yeah. Just put me off for life. That was it. Never needed to do it again. Yeah. Smother yeah. it in, in mashed potatoes, salt and pepper, and it's fine. <laughs> mm, yeah. Still, it's a hard sell, I'm afraid. I don't even know other than grating it if my kids have ever consumed it. Anyway, 
I digress. All right. Dosage recommendations for vitamin D are somewhere between 800 and 2000 IUs per day from Health Canada and higher if you have osteoporosis and that ranks in around 4000 IUs. Now, just a very fast aside, IU is international unit. That's just like the MG or the milligrams that they call uh, vitamin D. So that's just what you're going to see is the IU. Now, knowing that the recommendation for vitamin C, for instance, from Health Canada is 13 milligrams for toddlers aged one to three, 75 milligrams for adult men, and about 60 milligrams for adult women, that number truthfully will just about keep people from getting scurvy. We are not talking about any kind of optimum level here. It's ridiculous. So to say that that's a conservative number is an absolute understatement. So with that said, if you have dark skin, even any kind of olive tinge to your skin, take more and eat more. If you live above or below the 40th parallel, which encompasses most of the U US, but all of Canada, take more. If you have any mental health issues, if you've got osteoporosis, if you keep breaking your bones, if you've got heart disease, weak teeth, hair loss, or can't lose weight, yes, there is studies that talk about if your weight, if you're just completely plateaued, it could have something to do with vitamin D and it's not coming off, take more. But check, go and have a blood test. Talk to your doctor, talk to your naturopath about how much to be taking. I'm not conservative anymore with my dosage after seeing so many blood tests come back unchanged, even at a dose of 500 IUs a day. And along with that K2, you know, you got to get that one in there too, because it's going to help the absorption of the vitamin D3. So around 120 milligrams per 1000 IUs of D3. That's what's in my supplement. And that's the research that I came up with. Oh, and we also have this global immunity challenge going on right now. And because vitamin D3 has so much evidence to support our immunity. So guess what I'm going to say here too? Take more. Don't prove me wrong by getting into toxicity by taking like 50 50,000 IUs a day. But while most people I speak to are taking in the realm of 1,000 to 2,000 a day and thinking that they're doing okay, it just does not seem to be enough. Now, maybe I need a study to back that up, but do your own study and go and have a test and then go back and have another test a little while later. Because from everything that I'm seeing, when you stick to where you're at, it's not enough. So again, double it, quadruple it, but you know, check with your doctor first. They may say, no, 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 that's not the right thing. But you can do your own research too. So research around vitamin D, as with much these days, one, one day they say, yes, we all need it. And here's why. And then another study comes out and says, uh, no, our data shows the opposite. It's a little bit like the coffee. I say that it's like a tennis match. It's like, yes, no, yes, no. <laughs> the same kind of thing happens around vitamin D. During the whole of COVID, there's been headlines that I've talked about on radio so many times of, yes, do take the vitamin D and no, we don't. It doesn't. It shows that no, it doesn't really help. I don't know. It goes up and down. Now, an article that caught my eye linking the gut and the active form of vitamin D, well, that brings a whole other layer to the story. So it's great that that there are deeper dives going on. There are more questions being asked, but I totally get the confusion.
So I hope on this episode and on the show, depending on where you're listening to this, because now we are also national on the iHeart Talk Radio Network, you've gained some insight into the vitamin D enough to set yourself up with at least a test or try and take some more depending on anywhere, you know, if you happen to live anywhere in the Northern Hemisphere from October to April, we absolutely have to have more. And again, it's not that 800 IUs a day thinking, oh, hey, I'm doing well. It just does not seem to be enough. We all need it. And with the conversation, especially at the moment, so much around mental health, depression, then of course, cardiovascular disease, that's always being talked about, immunity and healthy, strong bones. It's worth dedicating this whole episode to just one vitamin. Thanks so so much for being along on this ride with me. If you want to know more about my Take This with Leanne, Sunshine, D3, and K2, head over to SproutRight.com for more and reach out on social media on the Leanne Phillipson handles or also on SproutRight handles and ask me any questions that you might have. I'm always happy to answer them. If you want to deep dive on some other kind of topic, let me know there too. And in the meantime, please remember to eat this one mouthful at a time. 